The rich have always made the rules. Rules about tax savings, social security, required minimum distributions, financial do's and don'ts. But they don't tell you what those rules are. Because if you knew the rules, you could take advantage of them like the wealthy do. Where do you go to learn about these rules? And how do you take advantage of them for your benefit? Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. That's Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. The Total Financial Hour is sponsored by TFS Financial Insurance Services and Total Financial Solutions, Inc. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arab Halabi. Hey, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Good morning. Total Financial Solutions. We're going into the afternoon, don't we? It's nice that you're joining me. Our two-hour show, the Total Financial Hour, starting, uh, listen, our second hour, we have amazing emails, including one that's a little bit different this time. I think you should stay tuned and hear some of what we have to say about a solution. This is you guys bringing your problems to us, and that's what TFS Financial and Insurance Services is all about. Uh, really providing total financial solutions, kind of coming up with ideas and concepts, working with the professionals in your office, in your life, in your community. Right? I, I think there should be a very clear line between what everybody says they're an expert in and uh, those that say that they're good at everything and so therefore trust them with your life savings. Uh, listen, I think a lot of us continue our lives right, being uh, okay with folks that are good enough. Right, You're good enough. It's good enough at a lot of things that we do. But the rest of your income, the rest of your life, your financial security, I don't know. Is that? Are you okay having somebody that's just good enough? So our goal is to come up with a solution there to, to solve that problem. Let me give you the number. It's 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847, 888-99-RETIRE. Hey, listen, we're seeing uh, some what we call flashing uh, signs or red signs or warning signs that the, the economy is making some changes. And here's where we're going with that. It's called the, uh, the leading economic indicators, right? It's important you understand that because often it's overlooked and it's called uh, the, let me get you the exact word, the Conference Board's Leading Economic Indicators Index showed that conditions further deteriorated in October with the gauge down 0.8% from the previous month. And that follows a 0.5% decline in September. So here's what that means to you and me. The, the U.S. leading economic indicator uh, fell for the straight eighth straight uh, consecutive month, meaning it takes in, into account a variety of places, a variety of indicators, a variety of things, not just one. Not just one, well, what's happening to home 
sales or what's taking place with the cost of oil or gasoline. The U.S. leading economic indicator is uh, flashing red signs, and it's scary. You can go back to 2000. You can see exactly what's happening with the economy when we hit a recession. We think we hit a recession. We think we're in one, and I think you're going to see that we're going to be in one eh, probably – Usually they go four months, six months, sometimes two years. It depends. I think uh, the second half, the second term of President Biden is set up to be one of the worst, probably since uh, Jimmy Carter, maybe even topping Jimmy Carter, because you're going to see the collapse of a lot of things very quickly. So let me give you a little bit of the explanation of what the Conference Board of Leading Economic Indicators, and I don't want to speak in English to you here in just a second. It's calculated by the Conference Board, which is a non-governmental agency. It's an organization that determines the value of the index from 10 key variables. So it isn't just one, it's 10. And that's important you know that because those 10 key variables really make a difference in your life, in my life. It uses the capital goods, right? The non-defense capital goods report from the manufacturers. So what's happening with manufacturing? Are they continuing to build on their level? Labor's report. The Department of Labor has a monthly report. Again, this exists by itself. But what does this mean to you? Well, it means less people are working more hours. The average hourly earnings and the average work weeks starting to decline. Uh, the money supply. This is one I follow very closely and makes a big difference to both me and my clients. It's called the M2 money supply. What it means is how many dollars are circulating. I'll get to that in a minute. I want to get into that. Housing starts, building permits, right? How many new houses are being built? Now, in regions and sections of the country, you might see a much, much less impact. But in overall, well, what about the monthly consumer goods and materials report? Now, this is the consumer side. This is the buyers. There's something called the S&P 500. Most of you know what that is. It's the Standard & Poor's 500, the top 500 companies in the U.S. economy. Well, is it high? Is it low? Is it losing money? What about the University of Michigan consumer sentiment? And they ask people, how are you feeling? There is a value to that. So instead of just taking any one of these and manipulating it, like a lot of organizations, a lot of people do, a lot of politicians do, manipulating it to make themselves feel better or to report whatever they want on the news, according to their political views, it takes into account these 10 different areas. All right. So what does that mean to you? Well, first of all, I think a recession is coming. I want to give you some guys on how to prepare for that. I think the goal in a recession is to, is to basically dodge a bullet, as they say, to duck. I know sometimes that means it hits the person behind you, but everybody has the opportunity to learn how to avoid being hit in a recession. Very simple. Make sure your consumer debt is paid off. Very important. Starts with credit cards, personal loans, car payments. Why are we at near record levels, at least in recent history, last, I want to say 20 years, of credit card defaults. You see, people default in a particular order. The first thing they default on is their student loan because there's a slow burn before the U.S. government comes after you. They come after you, but it does take a little while. And you think you're going to have time to get back on your feet. That's the first. The second thing people default on, believe it or not, are credit card debts. Because they're not going to default on your car. You got to get to work. 
How are you going to get to work? You have a car. You have to get to the point where your automobile is still being paid for. All right, that's the next. The third thing people default on, believe it or not, is their second mortgage, their HELOC. If you have some rental property, that usually comes in there before. But if you don't own rental property or vacation home, sometimes people default on that before their primary residence. And where you see the the, the next generation of defaults and then it seems to continue down the road, well, it gets to your primary residence, doesn't it? So where are we on that burn rate? Where are we on that, that channel? Well, student loans, well, by definition, they keep waiving not having to pay it. So that really hasn't been a clear canary in the mine shaft, letting us know something is coming. But the credit cards, that's telling us the next. Now, sometimes the economy recovers. The credit cards are hit, right? People aren't paying it. Then they catch up and they're back on track. Oh, wait a second. Did you, see, did you say people are working less? Did you say people are being laid off? Well, maybe they're not going to catch up, are they? I think the next step is to watch the car loans, the default on automobile loans. That's really the next thing. And here's why. Because you know that the repossession is coming, right? You know that if you don't pay your car loan, usually you get a month. Now, here's what happens. If you have a nice car, BMW, uh, Mercedes, if you're in the nice car world, right, where they have a lot of money tied up in that car and you crash it or steal it or burn it or whatever might happen, well, they come and pick it up with one payment late, don't they? We have seen that. I think you have to ask yourself, what are the top loans that are currently being defaulted? Well, you're starting to see cars hitting 18 to 20% have at least one payment missing. Now, some of the cars in which they've collected a massive amount of money on, right? High interest rate, you're a bad credit risk, so they charge you more. They're not as inclined to collect those as quickly, but they are. And Gen Z, right? Gen Z and millennials default on auto loans far greater rates than before the pandemic. This is NBC News. Here we go. Ready? Data from people between the ages of 18 and 40 were at least 60 days past due. <laughs> okay, 60 days. What are you seeing? Well, that means they're going to come take your car, guys. Especially if you happen to have a nicer car, as I mentioned. We don't see those nice cars sitting on the road. Now, what do you do? People hide. They change their address. They park three blocks away and they walk. We see it where they park inside of the garage because nobody repossession. You can't break into a garage. You can't normally cut a fence, uh, a, a, a lock on a fence to get into the driveway. But people do all sorts of things. I got an idea. How about just go get a second job? Catch up on your bills, right? Imagine that. Imagine how creative you have to be to avoid, ready for this, economic catastrophe. <laughs> and you can do it because the, the choice is yours. I want to give you the number here because I want to talk about what's happening with the economy and who the next quote victim is. Here's our number, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847, 888-99-RETIRE. A story that came out earlier this year on an account, a couple had an account that had less than $1 and it was like 48 cents and they were going to lose their home. So they went to this NFT, non-fungible tokens, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing it, and they did it in six hours 
They created, ready for this, $120,000 in six hours. Okay, is it like the lotto? Maybe it's as rare as that, but not really. I mean, these, these folks are not that talented beyond whatever else is happening, but they created an idea, a cartoon, an image. Some people bought it. They created dozens of these things and made $120,000 in a short period of time. Maybe you don't need that much to get out of trouble, financially speaking. Maybe you're in a great position, financially speaking. I don't want you to be somebody who creates trouble where it doesn't need to exist. Meaning you want to buy a car or a house, just wait. Wait a few minutes, wait a few months. Those cars, the RVs that they overproduced during COVID and they just put all this at the front end of the pipeline, what do you think is going to happen to those boats, to the RVs? People bought them. You see, because that's one of the first things to go too. You realize in a default on an auto loan, it's not your primary car that you drive to work every day. People just settle. They go, well, we're going to keep this car, so we're not going to pay that car. Let them come and take the RV. We already got a lot of use out of it. Take the boat. So keep your eyes open at to some of these auctions. If you're somebody that's going to need or want an extra car or a boat or a plane, whatever it is, you'll start to see those as the canary in the mine shaft. All right. Triple eight ninety nine retire eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. I mentioned to you that couple that uh, her name is Mandy was able to cover just a few expenses selling artwork. And then they fell real, real far behind. Up, oh, surprise! In Atlanta, outside of Atlanta, they created this NFT. So, what's the next phase? What's the next thing you can do? <sighs> Look, many of you still have money in the market, and you think that the money in the market is going to come back. Well, you might be right. Six years, eight years, ten years. Just like you want a dollar cost to average when you put money into the market, right? When it's up and down and you're in your 30s or 40s, maybe even early 50s, and you're buying, 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 right? Your food, shelter, clothing, that comes from your job. So your retirement accounts are supposed to go up and down. But as time passes by and your retirement accounts are now designed to give you an income stream, I do not like you systematically withdrawing money when it goes up, down, up, down, because you end up withdrawing a greater amount. Dollar cost averaging works for you if you're putting money in. It works against you when you're in the distribution phase. So guaranteed reliable retirement income, that makes all the difference when you're in the phase of your life where you're asking for income. All right? So I, I think this this wave of uh, victimization is going to start hitting the Democrat Party. I think it's going to start hitting the news media. Here's what I mean by that. You realize that the Democrats can only survive. That's it. Only survive if they have an enemy. It always has to be somebody's out to get you. So, for example, in order to create and build power, the school districts against the parents. So the parents have to be the villain because the school districts, the teachers, well, they're all the wonderful people. They know what's right for your kids. And listen, there are bad parents out there. But at a greater percentage, I want you to ask yourself this. Are there a greater amount of bad guys when it comes to teachers praying or grooming your children? I, I don't know that answer. But I do know that you guys have to ask yourself, is it safe to give all that power to a teacher? Right? I, I, I don't know the answer to that. 
I think it's no. I think you guys have to ask yourself, does it make sense to give a teacher who's never had children, to give a teacher who is a wonderful human being, but doesn't have your values, right? Our educators are amazing people in math, science, reading. They don't want to teach most of them. They don't want to teach some of these social things that provide power to the districts, power to the uh, administrators. They just want to do their job. And you give them a greater amount of forms to fill out. You give them a greater amount of things to do that creates a distraction from their actual occupation, which is teaching social studies. So you start creating this opportunity. I spoke to a liberal friend of mine the other day. Always ends up in a in a loud discussion for sure. And he says, well, you think parents are supposed to know everything. Uh, why don't parents teach their kids geometry? I go, well, because that's the teachers know that. Well, there you go. I go, listen, that's why I sent my kids to school was to learn geometry. I didn't send my kids to school to have my values changed when they come home. Right? So what you end up seeing is a group of people that create this opportunity to have school districts versus parents provides power to the Democrat party. What about unions versus business owners? Right? Uh, Listen, I was a chapter, what you might call a chapter chair, or in my case, I was a shop steward for our police division on the side of the union against management of the police department. I did that. I did that for many years, in fact. And as long as it's working together, but what starts to happen when things don't go your way is this push and pull where unions are against the management. Again, where's the power? Most Democrats... Uh, most unions are in the Democrat parties. Imagine that. How about this? The environment. Well, we're on the side of the environment on Mother Earth. Who's against Mother Earth? Raise your hand. Well, oh, against everybody else, isn't it? Against the oil industry. There always has to be an enemy. In other, in other words, they don't have ideas that thrive in a proper marketplace. They don't have ideas that thrive that says, I can make it better. No, no, I can make it better. Instead, it's you're a victim. Their goal of importing all of these illegal immigrants is to create another victim class because the last victim class, the male blacks, the, the male Hispanics, the female blacks, the female, right? Right. The, the, what, I don't know. They call them people of color. I just call them people. So silly. But they had this group of people where all they did is said, you're a victim, you're a victim, you're a victim. And then before you know it, they start going into the middle class. They start seeing, wow, I'm a homeowner. Wow, I actually bought a car. What do you mean I have car registration and a vehicle licensing fee? I worked my tail off to buy my car or my truck. So folks start looking and going, okay, wait, wait, wait. I pay $700 a year in a vehicle registration and $700 a year in a licensing fee. Tell me the difference. Oh, there isn't any, is there? goes from my pocket, goes to yours. So state government, can you explain to me what it is that makes you or me, right, uh, benefiting from those dollars? Well, Arif, the roads. Oh, yes, the roads. The roads and the bridges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're completely amazing. I mean, aren't they, right? Oh, oh they're not. Come into California from Arizona or from Nevada or from Oregon. And you know the moment you go from wonderful roads, 
really well-maintained highways to trash and weeds on the side of the road, to potholes, to cement and asphalt that's of different colors like they're patching and patching and patching. That's important you understand that because that is why they collected those funds. And if you listen or hear anybody that runs around and says, well, Irv, the state of California, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a a hundred billion dollars sitting in the bank, a hundred million dollars sitting in the bank, whatever. You can say whatever you want, Gavin Newsom, because what they did is they borrowed that money. Just like if you were to say, oh, I have some equity in my home. And what I did is I refinanced my house. I did a cash out refi. I go, wonderful. What'd you do? You said, well, I paid off my car. Great. Paid off my credit cards. Uh-huh. I paid off all of my student loans and check this out. I put $50,000 in the bank. I would say, all right, great. Now, if you told me, well, Arif, let me be clear. I have a savings of 50000 Look at how good I am and disciplined my habits. I would say, no, you don't. You don't have 50000 in the bank. It's not true. Your balance sheet, which is assets and liabilities, right? The things that you own and the people are things that you owe. You put them in one place and it's a plus minus. And at the end, are you positive? That's called a net worth. Or are you negative? So you ask to see, what is my net worth? Is it going up or down? Well, when you minus 100 million on one side, because it's now a liability, and you put it in the bank on the other side, nothing has changed. It's one step forward, one step back. You owe that money. So if you refinanced your house and paid off all those things, are you debt-free? No, you just changed. You put it from the left pocket into the right pocket. So the Democrats that are in complete control of the state of California, 100%, and people in other states that still vote Democrat, oh, I can't wait to be like you. Oh, 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 look look how amazing Gavin Newsom is. And by the way, he's a pretty good looking guy. He's charming. Well, yes, his best friend and assistant's wife would agree because that's who he slept with and that's who he, he cheated on. Yeah, she would agree he's charming. And look, he's pretty much a nowhere person right about now. And this lady chose, right? What kind of person is she to choose to, to dump her husband for somebody like Gavin Newsom? Oh, well, because he's going places. Yeah, he's politically connected. All right. You have any respect for her as the first lady of California? That's up to you. Well, at least she wasn't involved with the Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> no, she wasn't like good friends with Gazette. Oh, wait, Jazane Max- Maxwell? Oh, she was. Oh, oh, wait, she was writing letters on Epstein and Maxwell's behalf? This is Gavin Newsom's wife, former lover, wife of his best friend. Oh, that's the ethical group. That's the group that I want to be fighting against the parents for the school boards. That's the group I want to tell me that union bosses, I don't mean the workers, right? They're good people. They're hardworking people, frankly. I don't mean them. What I'm talking about is the bosses. The union bosses are very clear about who they are. And who they are, well, generally speaking, quite corrupt. You know that. So you always ask yourself, what's the job of these people? Is their job to represent me? Is their job to go out and become something important? 
Who is out there trying to fix? We see that the storm is coming. It's called the Conference Board Leading Economic Indicator. And it grabs all that data, puts it in one place, and it doesn't care about your opinion. So how are you fixing it? Well, I want you to get out of bad debt, number one. I want you to start saving cash. I know you're not going to earn great rates of return. That's not the job of the money. The purpose of the money determines the place of the money. If the job of the money is for emergencies, the place of the money is a, is a checking or savings, maybe a short-term CD, but it's at a credit union versus a bank, in my opinion. Banks are not designed for us. If you have $200 million, great, let's go to the bank. But most credit unions have better programs. They care about you. They listen to you. There's different systems in place for a credit union to have you on their side most of the time. All right, that's my opinion. And I want a big credit union. I don't want a small one because they have to have the ability. All right. I'm going to come back and get into some details for you when it comes to the continuing uh, savings building preparation for what I think is the coming recession. How do you keep yourself from losing everything you own? There's a way to do it. We get back. The Total Financial Hour, 888 retire I'm Eric Hallaby. Stay with me. We'll be right back after the break. Strategy. I'll retire comfortably. Thanks to Arab Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arab makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arab has a plan for me. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for being with the show. Uh, being with me and with the show. Appreciate you sticking around. We're talking about your family's finances. If you're just joining us, I'm Arif Hallaby, the Total Financial Hour, your place for news, talk, and information. This is AM870, The Answer. Our phone number is 888-99-RETIRE. Uh, look, our live show is here every week at this time. Our phone number goes through the entire week. So you get a chance. To talk to us, come into my office. If you have a question, you have a concern, you want to discuss your retirement accounts, maybe we can help. We can't always make a difference. Sometimes you're in a great position. Anybody who says, oh, we can always make your life better. Look, sometimes you're good. And it's nice to get a second opinion. Sometimes it's great to have somebody say, I think you're doing wonderfully well. Don't make a change. Don't do anything different. Wow, can you imagine that? Somebody that would actually tell you the truth. One of the things that we noticed along the way is the financial impact of experts, quote, experts in your life. Man, it it can make all the difference in the world. It can change the trajectory of your future. You believed one person and it turned out to be something different. This FTX scam is is a great example of that, right? A lot of people put their money with this man. It, It was basically a square. If you think of a square, right? Each point on the corners, you start with FTX. And they say, hey, consumers, give us your money. So we give consumers our money. One of those consumers, just so you know, (laughs) imagine that, is the country and oligarchs and higher-ups 
of the country of Ukraine. So they're one of the customers that put money in. On the other side of it, FTX says, thanks for the money. And it turns around and what? It gives money to the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party says, well, this is a great thing. We're going to give $91 billion, with a B, billion dollars to Ukraine. Now, do you really think they're just buying, uh, you know, fixing roads and bridges? Or do you think one for you, two for me, one for the roads, four for me? What, what do you think they're doing? So now the Democrat Party gives the people in the country of Ukraine money. Well, then they turn around and they put it into FTX. And then on the other side of the equation, uh, Sam takes some money out for himself. And this circle just continues over and over and over. I don't know if you've ever seen some of these pretty scary shows where there's a hit man with a thick accent. Right? It's, oh, it must be Russian. Sometimes those really bad, mean guys, just so you know, mm, they're Ukrainian. And if you think him stealing money, if that's what really happened is going to go over well with those oligarchs. Mm, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine is how long he thinks, how long he's going to last before he ends up in jail slash solitary confinement or, uh, I don't know, floating in some beach somewhere. I don't think you can steal from Ukrainian oligarchs very long. Now, unless they were involved in it, right? It could have been a money laundering scheme. We just don't know. We'll have to find out. I hope you guys didn't lose money in that. So many of you came to me after the Woodbridge and the 1GC scams, and we were warning about it. We were telling you about it ahead of time. Get out, get out, get out. Many of you did, and you're grateful, and, and I appreciate all the great comments and the wonderful words that you shared about how awesome the advice was, if you will, or the warning, because it saved. It saved you. One of, one of you, I won't tell you, of course, names, but the client, uh, they're immigrants, from another country, came here with nothing, built up their life savings, and they gave almost $400,000 to First Global Capital. And gratefully, they were able to get their money out. Now, listen, not everybody did. Some of Mr. Shapiro, it's not the same Robert Shapiro as the attorney, the famous attorney, but same name. Mr. Shapiro stole a lot of money, bought houses, bought boats and planes and travels and watches and jewelry. Yeah, he, he did it for himself. Does that sound familiar? I don't know what most people with your retirement accounts, if you want to try some of these esoteric things, whether it's certain crypto coin, you want to play with it, play with it. You want to put in a few dollars, put in a few dollars, right? Do I think you should have some gold in your portfolio? Sure. Experts are saying 10%. Great. I don't like it being kept anywhere else, but with you, keep it in a safe or a safe deposit box at home. I don't know. Hide it somewhere. Do something. Don't just keep it where somebody somewhere far away has your gold or silver coins. Can you remember the owner of the Kings? Right? Remember him? He went to jail. Why? Because he sold the same set of collectible gold coins to how many people? Well, he sold it to movie stars to millionaires. He sold it to everybody. And ultimately, when you sell the same thing, Bruce McNall ended up going to jail. And not for a short time. But he owned racehorses and he was a film producer and he owned the Kings hockey team. So, of course, he couldn't have been a scammer. But he was. 
right? Today he's 72 years old. I don't know how much time he did in jail. It was a long five, eight, 10 years, whatever it was, a long time. And his time in prison may have satisfied some of the folks a little bit, but did you ever get your money back? I mean, right at the end of the day, everybody makes money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you still don't have your retirement account. So be careful where you put it. I think keeping it simple and easy to understand is really a big part of what we do. My near 11 years on the police department being ripped off myself, right? When I was in my 20s, uh, surprise guys, I was scammed. Why do you think I started in the financial services world after being a policeman? Right, I was injured on the job, multiple back and knee surgeries after the first back surgery failed. And I was basically crippled, a walker and crawling around the house. Some days were really bad and ended up what? Well, trusting somebody that was, quote, a friend. And they stole my money, most of it. So I went back to school, said, how can I make this work? What, what did I do wrong? I thought I was the smart guy. I'd been investing as was a trader, an investor since I was 18 years old. So how could I get ripped off in, in the last few years? So I said, I got to figure this out. So I went back to school. Now that was 27 years ago, thank goodness. Created a, an amazing company here to talk to you about it for the last 17 years. A good opportunity to hopefully, hopefully share some wisdom, keep you from being taken in some of these FTX scams to keep you from being taken by uh, the next Democrat emergency because it's coming. You know that. Any state or political entity that can get power over you, they take it. I, I don't even trust the Republican establishment. I, I mean, great. It's nice. I'm closer to their their beliefs for sure. But they shouldn't have all this power. It's you that makes the decision. Why in the daylights would you ever allow the governor of a state to tell somebody they don't have to pay rent? I, I mean, just think about that for a minute. Or the federal government. Biden says I don't have to pay rent. Are you kidding me? He gave you permission to steal. Well, if it's not the same, I can't work. Baloney, go get a job. Go get two. Go get four. Right? Oh, it only pays $15 an hour. Great. Well, go get two. Work 16 hours a day. It's as if you made $30 an hour. Go to school. Get your skill level up. Sell off some of the stuff. Reduce your expenses. Get a roommate. A lot of things you can do if times are tough. That's what we do. But if you're going to look to... Grandpa Joe, by the way, it's his birthday today. Not happy birthday, but birthday. And if you think somebody like the president has any clue on what happens in your little neighborhood, they don't even care. It's not their job. I'm not even mad at him for not caring because it's not his job. His job is to protect the country, not to worry about whether so-and-so in Burbank or Santa Monica or Sherman Oaks is paying their rent. Your job is to worry about paying your rent. You're the one that signed the lease. Why would you steal from that owner? You have to you have to understand the values, the morals that you have are given from God. They're not given from a president or a governor who can change him at whim. If you use something, you pay for it. If you don't use something, or if you do and you break it, then you fix it. If you can't fix it, you replace it, right? Just go back to the neighborhood right down the street. What if the guy who was who, who uh, owned your apartment or, or house or condo, whatever it is that you're renting, what if he lived next door and you had to walk outside and see him every day? Because he has to pay his mortgage. 
right? She has to pay for the property taxes. What about you? So I really want you to kind of check yourself. If you were somebody that made those mistakes in the past, then see if you can fix them. See if you can fix it. Pay them back a little at a time. Have some honor. Right? It's not the president's job to decide what bills you should or shouldn't pay. You're the one that signed it. You signed up for it. That's why student loans are your responsibility. Nobody made you do it. If you're my investment, if I'm a taxpayer and I'm paying for your student loan, and Arif Hallaby, uh, you're paying for a student loan of uh, Mary Smith at uh, UCLA, right? We're going to tax you to pay for her. Then I'm going to have Mary check in with me every day. I want to know her work habits. I want to see her grades. What are you doing this Friday? I want a drug test. I want an alcohol test. You're 19. You're 20 years old. No way in the world should you be drinking. Uh, I need to see what time are you in bed? Because you're now an investment to me. Right? All you guys have to do is drive around some of these sorority fraternity houses. You pick the, the college. You pick the university. Right? At USC or UCLA, it doesn't matter. Cal State Northridge, Cal State Dominguez Hills. It doesn't matter. Drive. And then look at those people. Look at those young people. Most of them are good people from good families. Most, maybe all. Good part. And then you see on Friday nights, drinking and acting stupid. And you say, wait a second. I'm forgiving your student loan so you can do this when I have to go work a night job. I'm driving by you to go make sure I pay my bills, my taxes, so that you can go out with your friends partying tonight until 3, 4, 5 in the morning. And then you say, well, of course that's a fair deal. Of course. Well, yeah. Forgive their student loans. That's what we should do. You think the scams from Bruce McNall of the Los Angeles Kings, his gold coin scam, or you think the scam of Robert Shapiro, again, no relation to the attorney, but First Global Capital or Woodbridge, you think those scams, those people, rip you off, and then Californians still vote for Biden, overwhelming, uh, same thing with Newsom, and all the other Democrats top to bottom, and you're telling me that that's your financial security? Somebody who tells you bills that you can pay and can't pay, you should pay, shouldn't pay? How about if you sign your name to it, imagine this, slow down, you pay for it. Oof. Ooh, did we do, we crossed that line together, folks. Recession that's coming, see if you can retain honor walking through this journey. See if your kids, your spouse, your wife, your parents will look at you and say, we went through that hiccup, man. We went through, it was a downturn. It was bad. And we came out on the other side with integrity and honor. Yes, we worked two jobs. Yes, we worked our tail off. Yes, we did. And we came out on the other side with honor, paying our bills, working many jobs, and not taking free government money because they took it from somebody else to give it to me. And if you think that's fair, then what's the difference between going into your neighbor's garage and taking something in there that belongs to him or her? I I don't know. You took money from their wallet but because it came with a D attached to it. They just put you as a, Oh wait, wait, who's the other victim? Rich people. They're the bad guys. You are the victim. It's funny how many times I had this recently guys ready for this. This is pretty funny. Well, probably in the last three or four weeks, client came in pilot for an airline, retired pilot. Uh, he's, he's flown for many years. Uh, lots of rental property under his name. He and his wife, and they own a lot, and they have a lot of money saved. Good job. And I looked, 
and his his uh, his address was in another state, in a tax free state. Oh, I said I thought you guys lived here in Southern California. Well, we do part time, but we keep a log, and we manage it down to the penny, and down to the minute when we are in California and when we are out of California. So that you see, here he has uh, over $10 million in assets. And his place of residence is not the state of California. But he has a house here, so he pays property tax here, right? Whatever the, the tax is at this home. And if he buys gas, of course, in his car, car registration, whatever that is, pays that, no problem. But who gets the income tax? Nope, not the state of California. Who gets the payroll tax? Nope, not the state of California. You see, rich people make the rules, not poor people. And the government's job is to call everybody rich and everybody poor. So whenever we talk to you, it's very simple. I asked this guy, I go, so where do you think you are in the scale? You know, are you middle income or upper income? Do you think you're rich? Do you think you're doing okay? He goes, well, I'm probably, I don't know, 200000 a year, $10 million. I'm probably right in, the, right in middle class is where I'm guessing. You, you realize he thinks he's middle class. A person who makes 50000 a year says they're middle class. Everybody thinks they're middle class. So it's easy to get everybody to think somebody else is the rich guy because they never define it. Oh, well, I'm making more than 400000 a year. Not true because a police officer, maybe a sergeant of Inglewood PD, Glendale PD, Los Angeles Police Department, LA County Sheriff, doesn't matter. Sergeant, and if his wife is a nurse, <laughs> surprise, they make more than 400000 a year. Middle, middle income, hardworking Americans, middle of the road, 80 hours every two weeks, plus, minus, maybe more. And they're considered rich. Uh, so you got to ask yourself, when we go through this recession, maintaining integrity and character on the backside is important. But how do I make sure I don't get sucked up into this I'm, I'm desperate kind of a world? Well, number one, you're not going to spend beyond your means. Get a budget together now. Now, how much do we spend? Where do we spend it? Number two, very important. Any bad little debt? Oh, you have this uh, you know, department store credit card. Oh, you have this one. It's only $1,000. Pay them off, pay them off, pay them off. Next, work overtime if you can or get a second or third job if you can. And you build up that savings account. What do I want in that savings account? I'd love to have one year. Love to have one year worth of your expenses. I'll settle for six months. If we can't get to the beginning of this big recession when things are starting to collapse, which I think they will in a few months, if we can't get there and have a one year's worth of savings, well, then let's at least have six months. Because I think for most of you, your goal is going to be to get through this recession as unharmed as possible. And the way to do it, it's very simple, actually is to learn a couple of things. Number one, we're going to prepare for a recession by creating that emergency fund that I mentioned. Number two, paying off debt. I mentioned that. Number three, creating additional income streams. Very important. Be valuable to your employer. 
If you are retired, I want you to diversify your investment income, your income strategy. I like five sources of income, right? Social security can be one, no problem. Savings account from a, a, a fixed account or, or maybe mutual fund with dividends, something like that. Fine, we can get a little bit of income from them. But what about various fixed or fixed indexed annuities where we never lose the principal? So some of your retirement account, some of his retirement account, maybe a rental property, maybe a business, maybe part-time work, maybe another social security check or a pension, right? I like four or five sources of income. That's very helpful because what it does in the end is it gives you that ability to have that many sources of income in case there is a hiccup, in case there's a problem, that's fine. You have to rent your home for less money? Well, that's fine. We can do it. Why? Because I don't need that income. My other four sources of income can help me survive. My emergency account can fill the gap. My savings, my backup plan, right? So that you have those other sources of income. Something else that I want you to do. Make sure the people in your life, I mean, this is a bit emotional. It's not so much monetary. And it is on the emotional side. No question about it. But you need to have a conversation with your spouse. You need to sit down with your kids if, or grandkids, whoever else that you care for in your life. Hey, listen, we've been eating out a lot lately. We may not. We may not eat out as much. I want you to know not to be too concerned. Don't be worried. But just keep an eye on things. Don't spend like you used to. Give us a little bit of a, of a time to go over things. And when you start cutting back on your expenses, in fact, I saw a, a program recently and it basically goes through your bank accounts and, and finds these little recurring expenses, things that you didn't even know about, $6, $9, $12. And in fact, I spoke to a uh, scam expert, federal uh, expert and in, in investigator and in going after bad guys. And he said, one of the biggest scams going is not going into your bank account and stealing all your money, but it's going into a thousand bank accounts every week and adding a charge of $1.99 a month for a thousand bank account. Can you imagine $2 a month? That's times a thousand bank accounts and they do it every week. And that's thousands, tens of thousands of dollars a year. So the point is sometimes it's those little recurring ones that can eat up your accounts just as much. So keep an eye on those. And one of the more important things that I talk about is to enjoy life, right? I always talk about your passion, what it is that you do for fun. Where is it you spend your time? Because there are going to be three questions I want you to write down. So grab your pen and paper. Three questions I want you to write down. And I want both you and your significant other, your spouse, your partner, to write these down as well. And both of you answer them. And these three questions are going to be written separately where you're not going to look over each other's shoulders. There's no sharing. Afterwards, when you're done with all three, you can bring them together. That's right. We'll bring them together. We'll set them together and then you guys can swap. It's an exercise we have a lot of our clients do. And the reason so that I can build a, a reliable retirement income strategy for your values, not for mine, not for the previous client, but what matters to you? And these three questions help me guide and direct that to the right place that matters. Okay, question number one. What would you do with $10 million? 
What would you do with $10 million? Write that down. Okay. What would you do? Well, so let me back up. Okay. What would you do with $10 million? What would you do with $10 million? Question number two. Describe, describe your perfect day. Describe your perfect day. All right. That's number two. Number three. All right. After describing your perfect day, number three, question you both are going to write down, answer separately. How would you like to be remembered? How would you like to be remembered? Okay. Here's why you ever heard, you might've heard it said your date book and your checkbook are the two books that can tell me your values, your date book, what you do with your time, where you spend your time and your check checkbook, right? Your checkbook is simple. Where do you spend your money, right? Your money is often for many people more valuable than your time. And number three, how would you like to be remembered? I don't, listen, I don't care what you think. That is your destination, folks. While you're on this earth, that's your destination. Once you pass away, I hope your destination is in a better place. But while you're here, our goal is to be remembered the way that our values, the way that the things that matter to us, right? How do I want to be remembered? Important, you ask that. Because I don't know the answer to that. How do you want to be remembered is a very important destination. Because everything we do with our dates, our time, date book rather, and our time, everything we do with our checkbook, our money, should lead towards how we want to be remembered. So here's what happens when I have you do that exercise. We take a look to see are your values and your actions, are they lined up with each other? If they are, then you're on the right track. If they aren't, then something needs to be adjusted. Either your actions, your money, or your expectations. To survive a recession, you just have to know if you're on the right track. 888-99-RETIRE. Stay with me. Your questions, your emails, are coming up next. Your emails, Arif at TFSWealth.com. I'll give it to you again. 888-99-RETIRE. That's our phone number. Stay with me for the second hour of the Total Financial Hour on AM870. The answer, I'm Arif Hallaby. We'll be right back. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher in strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. The second hour of the Total Financial Hour. I'm Arif Halaby, triple eight ninety nine retire. That's nine nine seven three eight four seven. Triple eight ninety nine retire nine nine seven Three eight four seven, uh, toll free number of course, so you can give us a call at any time as we talk about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money. Sometimes it's just a quick phone call. Sometimes we'll do a Zoom call. If I can help you, it'd be my honor. 
it's literally a privilege to handle or work with or to help you uh, at least discover some options because a lot of you think that the future, the only place to put your retirement money is in the market. Look, I, I don't know when it comes to the rules, why rich people have always made the rules. And yet at the same time today, you, me, others aren't always playing the game the way we're supposed to. Right? Uh, look, it used to be you would keep the poor people ignorant. The people you didn't want to benefit from the rules that you made, you keep them off to the side. And then rich people make the rules. They educate themselves in palaces. They, ha- they bring in tutors, if you will, from all around the world, teach, grow, groom the court, the wealthy, the millionaires, the billionaires, whatever Bernie Sanders would say. And everybody else would stay ignorant. And then you would teach eventually young people uh, just to the third grade, eighth grade, 12th grade. Oh, you want to be successful? You have to get a bachelor's degree. So very few people had a bachelor's degree. So that ooh, that's elite. And then everybody gets a bachelor's degree. You can get them in anything. You never even have to show up to the class and you get a degree. Oh, so now it's a master's degree. Oh, that's, whew, you want to succeed. You got to be special. Oh, get a master's degree. All right, now you have a master's. All right, now a lot of people are getting master's, aren't they? So maybe the answer is a PhD. Everybody's got to get a PhD, right? It's the Chevy Chase, <laughs> doctor, 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 doctor. Remember that? It's funny. You should look it up. It's kind of an interesting show because I always tease our friends and family when everybody's a doctor. I go, what do you get your PhD in? And they say something so esoteric. I'm, so you're just going to teach the same thing because there's no use for that in the public world. And they say, well, you know, I, I'm studying the study of the study. Okay. And then uh, there are others, bachelor's degrees, master's, uh, where the education, the knowledge can make such a huge difference in the world that without it, without that extra knowledge, without that extra experience, we wouldn't be in a good place. But there's so many times that time is wasted. So I really want you to be clear on this, guys. The college degree doesn't mean anything to your wealth, success, happiness, your ability to learn. Today, information comes to you for free over the internet. I don't know if you knew that, but it comes to you, right? If all of us are so smart, why have home sales fallen for the ninth straight month? Why is it that people are defaulting on their credit cards? Why is it that people are... uh, have a reduction in savings greater than they've ever had spending their savings account just to survive because I thought they were educated. Well, remember money education, financial literacy is completely different. You can have somebody who just listen, you want to be wealthy and successful. Let me tell you the math you're supposed to know. Ready for this? It's not difficult. Addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, decimals, fractions, percentages, That's what you have to pay attention to. Learn those things and you have a great chance at managing your family budget, even your small business budget, understanding if this investment or that real estate purchase or this uh, annuity or or that stock or that mutual fund, if they are a good deal, you'll get a chance to manage that, to learn, just to know those basics. Now, I happen to like algebra. I'm one of those weird guys. I actually really enjoy it. I do it for fun. I don't know why. It's just a fun thing for my brain to do. Trigonometry, not so fun. Geometry was pretty interesting. But am I building bridges? No. 
So I don't need calculus and trigonometry. I'm not trying to send something to the moon. So for most of you, those classes are generally a waste of time. It's a revenue producer for the university. It's a way to validate that professor's existence. I don't mean they're bad people. You can challenge me on this. I'm all right with that. But I want you to understand, you have a chance at success and hope. Even if you didn't get your bachelor's or master's or PhD, even if you didn't do well in high school or college, you just have to know basic math, addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, fractions, decimals, and percentages. Okay, very important you know those things. How do you know you're not getting ripped off? How do you know if something is too good to be true? Okay, and you can teach yourself almost all of that stuff. All right. You've heard me talk a lot about uh, some of the emails that we receive from you guys and from many others, clients and some that are not clients yet, some that are going to be coming into the office, but their emails are a couple of things. Sheds light on what they're talking about. Sometimes I cut it out a little bit because I don't want to always uh, you know, go on and on, but there's some really amazing parts to it that, that help me and you understand who they are. But I think for a lot of you, I think you, you forget that life is more than just money. Uh, listen, in my life, it, a lot of it is money for sure. It's what I do. But what about this from Brenda and Phil? This is Brenda. Dear Arif, my husband, 66 years old, and I am 64, have decided to stay in California because the grandchildren are here. Okay, pause for a minute. That's a real real uh, dilemma that a lot of us have, right? <laughs> somebody came to me, somebody was in my office the other day. I said, oh, how is it being a grandparent? You know, we're not a grandparent yet one day, maybe. And they said, well, uh, if I could have not had my children and instead had my grandchildren, I think that would have been a better day. I thought, oh, I love my kids, but I guess one day you're going to love your grandkids a lot, a lot more maybe. So we've decided to stay in California, Brenda says. We need to know how to create an income stream that we can never outlive and that has a chance to increase and keep up with the high inflation, both in California and nationally. We both have Social Security income totaling $3,800 a month. I've heard you say that we lose the lower of the two, which is $1,500 a month, when one of us passes away. I think we need to protect or replace that amount when one of us dies first. Our house is now paid off, and so are all of our vehicles. We want to have the ability to buy a new car sometime in the future, but we should be fine for now. Our total savings we want to commit towards an income stream is about $1 million. We have about $400,000 in savings and other types of accounts. We expect to inherit about $300,000 when my husband's parents pass away. I believe we will need an additional $3,000 a month, but I would like to make sure there is something left over for our two children and more importantly, our grandchildren when we pass away. Okay, so let's break this down. They have about a million dollars they want to commit towards an income stream. Great. I would do this in a couple of different ways, uh, but before I do, I want you to look at a couple of things that I look at. Number one, they have $400,000 in savings and other types of accounts. I'm not sure if some of those are retirement, meaning when they take it out, they're going to be taxed on it. But nonetheless, it's accessible because they're past the age of 59 and a half. There's no penalty to access the money from the IRS or from the state of California. 
So they're going to inherit 300000 It's not official. It's not now. Maybe uh, his, his parents live a lot longer and need the money to live on. So I'll keep it kind of when I'm thinking and when I'm putting together a little bit of an income strategy. I'll put that off to the side, but just kind of know that it's there as a plan B or C even. But the most important part is their emergency account, that savings, they have that settled. Second is that 3800 in Social Security. They want an additional $3,000. So it sounds like they can live pretty comfortably on about 6800 a month. So my job is to find that $3,000 a month out of that $1 million. So how would I like to do this? Well, let's go back to the philosophy, the idea of never leaving your retirement accounts to your children or your grandchildren. Now, we don't know when we're going to die. We don't know what the amount of our accounts are going to be when we pass away. But we do know that if we can live comfortably on our retirement accounts, if that's our job, is to live on that money and to make it so that we have a good life, then what do I want to leave to the children? I want to leave real estate, cash value, or any type of life insurance for that matter. I want to leave Roth IRAs. And if you have a stock market or brokerage account that has growth in it, today that's hard to find, but it could be. Maybe in the future it'll come back, who knows. But if you do, and it's not a retirement account, in other words, it's a brokerage account, but not a retirement account, then all of those gains get to be passed on to your children as well under current law, tax-free, or your grandchildren. Okay? Very important. I don't want you to leave your IRA or 401k. I want you to use those for your long-term care needs. I want you to use it to exist and, and to have a comfortable life and to keep up with inflation. That's the job of that money. All right, so here's what happens. If a medical event affects either of you, I need a plan to care for your income because here's what happens. When you spend both of your retirement money, because we're going to call it that million dollars is both of your monies. But when you spend it to care for one of you, because one of you lives longer but needs a long-term care, in-home nurse, etc., you're healthy now. You made that clear in the other part of your email. You guys are both healthy. I don't know what that means, but we'll call it on face value. But what about if one of you gets sick and it lingers? Well, it takes both of your retirement accounts, your savings, and it, it, it takes it down. You spend it down to zero or really low, uh, but one of you still survives. So good news is you lived an extra seven years. Bad news is we're broke. Just at the time when one of you passes away, just at the time when we lose the lower of the two social security checks. So here's how I would solve this problem, Brenda. I would like to have one of you, uh, to have both of you insured. I would use $100,000 for a one-time deposit and it should buy right around 200000 worth of life insurance and long-term care. So 100 for each, it buys us long-term care of about 200. So that means together you guys have about $400,000 to bring somebody to the house, to care for you in a, in a facility, to bring in the best nurses, to stay in your own home, whatever you need, part-time, full-time, you can spend it any way you want. And the good news is it's tax-free. And if you don't, if you don't need it for long-term care or anything, critical illness, chronic illness, nothing, okay. But you do pass away. Well, now that 200000 goes plus the other two, so 400 altogether, I guess. That goes to your beneficiaries tax-free. 
right? That's what I want you to leave to your children or your grandchildren. I don't want you to leave them a tax burden, right? Your retirement is an enormous tax burden, your retirement accounts. So let's use your retirement accounts for you. Spend it, enjoy it, maybe leverage it with this long-term care slash uh, life insurance policy. Get a little bit of extra on it, wonderful. But I don't want you to look at that account as a way to you know, leave it to your children or grandchildren. All right. So what would I do? How do I do the 300,000? Very simple. I would take the million dollars and I'd break it into two sections. I'd have one somewhere in the neighborhood of about, oh, probably 340, 350,000. I would have that account be kind of our immediate needs. Start spending it right away. $3,000 a month, pulling from it, pulling from it. I would use an account that would give us a bonus gives us a chunk of money. And for the next six, seven years, we're going to live on that money. But meanwhile, the other account, the other part of it, rather, 700,000, 650, let's call it. I would take that 650,000. We would get a bonus on that. That means companies are going to pay an inducement. Hey, come and work with us. Hey, come and give us your money. Remember when banks and credit unions would give you a toaster? Or a CD, if you deposit money, we'll give you $100 in your savings account, but you have to keep it with us for six months or one year or whatever they do. Remember that? Blue chip stamps, green stamps. Remember those? Yeah, those are inducements. means, hey, come and give us your money. So insurance companies will say, hey, come and give us your money. And for that, we're going to give you a reward. We're going to give you a matching. All right? But there's there's sometimes uh, strings attached. Sometimes you got to keep it there a little longer. Sometimes you can only take out a certain amount each month. But what I would do is that extra 650000 we would get a bonus anywhere from, I don't know, 30000 to as much as 150000 somewhere in that neighborhood. I'd put together an income strategy so that six or seven years from now, it would give you an income stream that would last the rest of your life. Be there for long-term care needs if you need it. And if both of you survive long time and the money even runs out because you live till 105 years old or something and we still, doesn't matter, the income never goes away. And yet what we did is we left the real estate, the house, that'll go to your children or grandchildren. I want to encourage you to get a living trust, a revocable living trust that makes all the difference. So I don't want you to work with a financial guy or gal who says, uh, hi, come in the front door and there's your savings account. Go to the back desk. That's your financial guy, advisor, right? And then go over here, that other desk down the hall. That's my uh, attorney. Oh, oh, wait, no, the other, make a left, not a right. Because the right is the CPA. Now, if you think that one person can be good at all those things, then I guess we're just going to have to disagree. And we'll agree to disagree. Like my friend on the left, He was very clear. Guns kill people, not people. (laughs) And we had to have a big conversation about firearms. I said, did you see how many people just died from a knife attack? Are we going to ban knives? You see, you don't have to reload a knife. And we argued and we debated. And at the end, we agreed to disagree. So if you think from from a financial standpoint, just as vocal as I am on the quote gun rights. I think you're crazy to think that one person can do everything. 
You wouldn't go to your heart surgeon and said, you know, while I'm here getting my heart checked out and ready to have heart surgery, while I'm at it, would you mind doing a, a knee replacement for me? I hope you don't mind. But because you're an expert, aren't you? Yeah, I know in cardiology, but, but replace my knee too while you're at it. I want you to go to a financial expert who's an expert in income. That's us. Who's an expert in retirement planning. Yep, we can do it. But when it comes to revocable living trusts, I am a certified estate planner, but I want you to go to an attorney to do your revocable living trust. I want you to go to a CPA, a good CPA that understands investing, retirement planning, and whatever your situation is, a good tax person should be that person. Here's a little bit of advice. This is what I've seen, Brenda, over and over again. I don't know, thousands of people over the years. If I'm going to work with a professional that's a tax preparer or CPA, and I have rental property, or I own a business, whatever it is that you have that's special or different, make sure that the CPA owns a business, has rental property. Because other than just taking a test or passing it or, or you know, filling out forms, I want there to be some sort of emotional connection to the learning part. Because that's really what we need. Right? I want the CPA to say, well, here's a strategy that I didn't talk to, to other people about just because, well, they didn't have rental property, but you do. Here you go. Oh, you have a vacation home. Here's, here's some strategies for you. So I like it if your tax preparer also has the same or at least close to the same challenges that you have. Because not every person that is a CPA or a tax preparer is the same. Right? They're just not. Like going to a 30-year-old financial advisor. They're great people. But answer me this. What income strategies do they have? What do they even know about retirement? Right? Can they even spell retirement? Do they understand the scarcity of money and the fear that comes when inflation rises, but your social security check or your pension don't? So there's goals for each person, right? I, I wouldn't learn about cryptocurrency from a 60-year-old, a not because they're dumb, but I just think, well... A 30-year-old or even a 25-year-old might know a lot more about that than I do. All right, so this is part of it, Brenda. You guys have built a great program, a great plan, because you paid off your house. I love that. In your case, that makes all the difference. And the extra 3000 a month, we can achieve that. Keeping up for inflation, you got it. Can I get anywhere between 4 and 6 maybe 8% a year growth? Yep. On average, I mean, some years might be two or zero, some might be seven or 10, but over time, can I keep up or beat historic inflation all day long? Can you still enjoy the ability to pull money out and take the family on an annual trip? Absolutely. And that's what I want you to do is to remember through this recession that's coming up that you have a time to enjoy life. You have a time to sit back and figure out What's the next phase? And you don't have to tell the kids everything, but select one that you can have as kind of your expert, right? The, the person that you can share a little bit more with, teaching them so they can become an expert rather. But I, here's, here's the most important part. Ready for this? I do not want. If you, have, if you have more than one child, if you have one, let them be your trustee because they're everything. They're chief cook, bottle washer of your estate. They're everything. Right, Their job is they're the beneficiary, they're the trustee, they're the successor trustee, they're, they're everything. 
But what about if you have more than one child? The kiss of death? Well, it's pretty simple. It's putting two of them on so that your trustee are your two kids. Or you say they have to agree on everything. Because if they don't, if you have a living trust and your goal is to leave everything through that trust and they don't agree or if there's a problem, it's three lawyers that have to be hired. One that represents the trust, one that represents one child, and one that represents the other child. So your trust is going to pay, let's say it's $500 an hour per attorney. Every time they have a conversation will cost you $1,500 per hour to solve the dispute, to solve the problem. Do you think people making $1,500 an hour want to do that a lot or a little? Do you think they want to, oh, I don't know, maybe have an extra meeting, maybe have one more conversation, make sure to double check to triple check. And meanwhile, your estate goes down $1,500 an hour. Instead, I prefer that you have one person and usually somebody that is like, well, an official at the bank. You can do a professional trustees. Yes, they're going to charge you money. A lawyer, yeah, he's going to, he or she's going to charge you a fee for sure. But guess what? If you have one or two kids as the beneficiaries and they are also the trustees, they have to do things correctly. So guess who they're going to hire? <laughs> the same lawyer. So now they're going to take a fee and or a dispute is going to occur and the lawyer is still going to get paid. So I'd prefer that you have the attorney as a professional trustee Yes, he or she's going to be paid. Yes, it's going to cost money out of the trust, but way lower than legal disputes. Usually a lot lower than any legal challenges. And at the end, remember, more importantly, like just going through this recession, being close to your family, it's this. I want both of your kids or all three or all five of your kids to really dislike, ready, get mad at the lawyer, not at each other. Because there are plenty of you out there that know. Because when my dad died, when my mom passed away, when whatever happened, we don't talk to that side of the family anymore. Why? And now your children or your grandchildren are never even going to know your siblings' grandchildren. And the stories will come down through the generations. And when they say, why don't we talk to uncle so-and-so anymore? And nobody will remember. Well, I I don't remember. We just don't. Well, why don't we like them? I don't know. So what do I want you to do? I want you to have an attorney or a trustee who can be the son of a gun in the story. He or she can get mad at them. And together you could be on the same side. Oh yeah, that guy's a jerk. Oh, he's greedy. Oh, he's not giving us our money. But in your distribution, folks, of your assets, your money, your savings, to your children or grandchildren in any particular form, (laughs) let's let it be the attorney. Because look, the, the beneficiaries can remove them. If he or she's not doing a great job, you can, you can remove them. They, they have to go to court and say, this person is not giving us our money in your honor. Here are the things. Here's what the rules are. And they're not abiding by them. Sure, you can do that. But more importantly is you guys teach your kids to ride out this recession because family matters. You teach them that the right financial vehicles are in place. And Brenda, really important to you guys, when you come in, here's what we're going to do. Because you guys are coming in next week. Here's what I would do. I would be very clear on who and how you want your money distributed. Because after you pass away, it's your life. It's your money still. 
and you get to decide. We'll see you next week, Brenda. Guys, stay with me when I continue. Second email. Now, this is a different one. We've never done one of these before. When we come back after the break. I'm Eric Hallaby, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 997-3847-888-997-3847. I'm Arif Hallaby. Your emails at Arif at TFSWealth.com. Arif at TFSWealth.com. We'll be right back. got a job to do. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power. The total financial power. Learn about financial power. The total financial power. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Eric Hallaby, the total financial hour, talking about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. We're talking about your emails. But before I get to your email, uh, this is an email from our uh, an actual client. Uh, wait till you hear what she has to say. But I want to get into something here real quick. We had something happen recently uh, to our total financial family. Uh, and thank goodness, thank goodness, uh, they followed some rules. Uh, look, I don't know, probably 2,800 or 3,000 plus shows, something like that we've done. And our shows used to feature all sorts of things. We talk about travel tips. We talk about uh, emergency safety things that you would do uh, because there's a lot of fires. And remember that during the fires in Southern California, we would uh, have our our emergency and safety tips and the earthquakes, et cetera. So I want to touch on something for you. This particular uh, person was saved by doing some of our safety tips. So I want to share them with you. Uh, next to your bed... I want you to have a pair of shoes, shoes that you can slip on quickly, not shoes that you have to tie that have uh, shoestrings flipping, flopping around. Because if there's an earthquake or an emergency and you have to get out of the house and there's glass that's broken and there's things that are falling down, I don't want you walking out on your bare feet or even with socks. You have to have your shoes that you can slip on and with a hard sole, of course, so that you can get out of the house. Not flip-flops, but shoes. Just keep them next to your bed, just an extra pair. Tell your husband, your wife, that I said you could buy an extra pair of shoes. Pretty important. Now, no matter what, and this is what saved their life. Well, I'll get to that in a second. Well, yeah, these two things saved their life. Number one, a fire extinguisher next to your bed. Now, it might seem a little bit overkill, but what if you have to get to your infant or your or your elderly parents down the hall and you have to help them leave? But it's there's a problem between you and them, and that's what happened. To go from their bedroom to their elderly parents' bedroom, there was a fire in between. It came from the kitchen, something. And they used the fire extinguisher that was by their bed that we've talked about, I don't know, countless times for the last decade or so on the radio. And they, they put out the fire to get them to their elderly parent and then, of course, exiting the house. Now, I like that. Because I want you to keep one next to each side of your bed. If there's two of you, you know, left and right side, whatever side you sleep on, keep one there. Of course, you're going to keep one in the kitchen as well, because that's where most fires started. And that's kind of where this came from. Right. The the fire was the, the stove, they think, was left on the oven, rather. Uh, and something was burning inside and they didn't know for hours until they were asleep. So you want to be able to get to your, your nieces, your nephews, your kids, your grandkids, your infants, 
whoever it is that's in the house, elderly parents, and help them get out. And then the last thing, of course, is a flashlight. Because in an emergency, in, a, in an earthquake type of emergency, how do you get when all the electricity is out and it's pitch black? Right? Maybe the street lights kind of come in, but not if the electricity is out. Maybe you have night lights, not if the electricity is out. So a flashlight next to your bed, all right? Keep those things charged. Uh, and if you're so inclined for a firearm or, or something for your safety, of course, those are important as well. Just some ideas, some tips, because a, a client, this would uh, help somebody quite a bit, and I wanted to share that with you because I think it can make all the difference in the world if you're thinking ahead. Now, here's what we had. Our kids were on the second floor growing up. So were we, of course. And we had an escape ladder that you that you put by one of the windows that would just drop out. So if you had to get out on the second floor, you'd put that ladder in there and it would drop down. So if you have a second floor, if you're on the, the second floor, if your children or grandchildren are on the second floor and you need to get out of the house for emergencies or a fire or something, that ladder can make all the difference in the world. Just some things both that I've encountered as a police officer when I spent many years on the streets during the earthquake, during the riots, uh, when... Uh, just everyday things would happen, and we happen to be close, we we could help people get out. All right, we're going over an email. This particular client came in, and this is a thank you email. This is after they came into the office, after we created a solution for them. And I want to read it to you because it lays out in her mind what we did and how we did it. And I think it's pretty important because your financial professionals need to speak your language. So many times you guys come to my office and say, oh, I met with my financial advisor the other day and he used big words, big words, and I left even more confused than when I went in. I want you to know this is a common thing, but not our clients. When you guys leave our office, you know what we said. It's very clear. We, we keep things simple and easy to understand because I think the more complicated things are, the better off it is for Wall Street. For your broker not for you that person took tests they they passed exams they went to training they know all these words like everybody Oof, brilliant all you want to know is okay how much did i put in and this is the question really you guys should be writing this down how much did i put in okay what is it worth today got it and what is my total cost to get there how much did I put in? What is it worth today? And how much is my total cost to get there? I'll give you an example. We had a client recently, before I get to this letter, we had a client recently came in. She had $139,000 in her account, one of the variable annuities. Not a fan of these whatsoever. 139000 Here's what's important. That 139000 when she opened the account, believe it or not, was a hundred. That's great news. She's made $39,000. But how long did it take her to make $39,000? Well, in nine years. Okay, nine years. She's had this account. It went from 100 to 139,000. How much did I put in? 100. What's it worth today? 139. Now, what was my total cost to get there? You see, you guys might use the word, you're, you're going to use the word, oh, wait, what's my fee? Your fee is $25. Oh, what's my. 12B1 cost. What's my expense ratio? What's my admin charge? What is my uh, sub-account fees? You see, there's a lot, there's about 15 or 20 different quote costs inside of your account where when you say the word fee, 
he or she is legally obligated to tell you what is classified as a fee, not to tell you what the total cost is. And that's what drives me crazy because they know what you're asking. Mr. and Mrs. Broker, they know what you are asking. They're not trying to, they're not ignorant to the fact that you're asking what the total cost is. They know it. And instead of sharing it because it makes them look bad, they just kind of hide it with big word, big word, number, number, small number, no, small number. I'm smart. You're not. Sign here. See you later. And you walk out going, oh, it just happened again? I don't know. And many of you go, Arif, I have a master's degree in whatever. Arif, I'm a smart person. I'm a college graduate. I run a company. I'm smart. Blah, blah, blah. And I still had no clue what they were saying. I want you to know it's by design. Right? They know that you're asking the total cost. So here was the total cost of Janet. She put in 100. It's worth 139000 In nine years, her fees were $4,000 plus per year. So four times nine is $27,000. It's actually a little more than that, but we're going to give them a little bit of grace. 27? Is that right? Could that be? 36? Wait. $36,000 a year. Huh. I'm, I'm sorry, not a year. $36,000 total cost. So in nine years, she paid $36,000 and she made 39000 Who do you think watched that account more frequently? The broker? Eh. The client? Ding, 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 ding. Who do you think was scared when the account dropped? The broker? Eh. <laughs> I don't have my sound effects down, but you got it. The client? Of course. Who worked for that money? The client. Janet worked for this money. Not the broker. The two-name broker is a nice person. Woof, all those honors. Look at all of those uh, certifications and licenses. Oh, my word. You can go on and on with those initials. Remember what matters. How much did I put in? What is it worth? And what did it cost me to get there? You can be, uh, you know, the queen of Sheba. It doesn't matter to me. If you're managing my money, what did it cost me to make money? $36,000 to make 39000 Now you know why you got, now you know why we're passionate about what we do? If you told me, Arif, you're going to pay 36000 in nine years, but I'm going to make you 200000 I'd say, that's a good deal. I'll take it. Hey, Arif, you're going to pay $4,000 a month. I go, oof, really? I go, yep, but you're going to make me how much? Oh, you make me 9000 12 15 I'll pay it. Right? It's never just the cost. It's the value. What did I pay? What did I receive? Oh, an amazing website. Oh, a great commercial on the Super Bowl. A good commercial. A billboard. Got it. Wonderful. How much did I put in? And what is it worth? And what did it cost me to get there? None of you care about their commercials on TV, their broker taking a great vacation, their wonderful new marble floored office with mahogany on the walls, who do you think bought all that? Right? Here's what we do. We set aside your money. We put it into places where you can only go up with the market. You'd never go backwards. There's no monthly fee, no quarterly fee, no annual fee, no deposit fee. But you're not going to make all the gains. Most of the time, if not all the time. You'll make some or most of the gains, 
but you don't make all of them. Yep. It's one of the trade-offs. It's a catch. It's a, it's, it's a tough luck on that. And you can take out 10% every single year without a penalty or a fee if you want. You'll pay taxes because that's the IRS. If you take out more than 10% a year, you could pay a penalty or a fee depending on why. If it's a serious medical issue, yeah, yeah, you could get it all out or, or double it or whatever. But if it's because there's a sale at, at Nordstrom's or Target or wherever it is you like to shop, Saks, okay, well, nope, sorry, that's not an emergency. Okay, so it's very simple. Liquidity or access to the money, 10% a year. Gains, well, you'll get somewhere between, on average, between zero, maybe as much as 18, but really you're going to make between four and eight. That seems to be the numbers these days. Okay, difference. There's a difference. What's the goal? What's the profession? What's the expertise? So here's what I have. Uh, here's a client that came in and here's what she wrote. Dear Arif, I heard you say that the goal is to have consistent income in retirement. I took my parents to meet you and I want to tell you a quick story about my parents and their income story. My dad retired from an aerospace company with a great pension. My mom and dad both have social security. However, with the high cost of the basics, food, gas, taxes, and utilities, they have found themselves in need of extra income, hopefully income that can increase over time and keep up with future inflation. You suggested a couple of things. First, to move 350000 of their retirement money to a safe place that they could not lose. Second, you encourage them to have enough money for at least a year of expenses sitting in a savings or a checking account. My dad did so at the credit union. Next, I had them take the rest of their next. You had them take the rest of their retirement income accounts and begin living on them now. You suggested using a fixed indexed annuity, sorry, a fixed annuity guaranteed 5% interest rate. That 5% interest gave them money to live on each and every month. And we did that as well. The result is that fixed indexed annuity, uh, that fixed indexed annuity gives us a thousand dollars a month, but beginning in two years. I want to thank you because that fixed annuity gave them $700 a month now. And that begins next month for each and every month. By taking that 350000 and using it in a fixed indexed annuity, giving us that 12000 plus per year in two years, I want to thank you because it gives peace of mind to my parents. The effort you put in made things very clear and easy to understand, and I want others to know how much you and your staff care about your clients. Guys, that's important that you, read, that you understand that because there's a couple of things at play here. One is she brought in her parents. Now, I can share with you something. Her dad and mom were not excited about coming in because they always feel confused when they went to their broker. And because their accounts, although were important to them, they didn't seem in their mind to be high enough or important enough to any broker to care. They just didn't. They didn't manage it. They didn't care about it. Nobody called them pretty regularly. They called them once a year. And she said something pretty key. She said, nobody's ever told us to sell. 
Everybody keeps telling us to buy. Every broker we've ever been with, buy, 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 buy. But nobody said, hey, the market has gone down 5% or 10. Why don't you take your money out? Nobody said that. And I told her, look, most financial professionals are not paid unless your money is at risk. So if your money's at risk of loss, great, they get a chance to make a paycheck. If it's not, well, then most of them, well, if you're sitting in the money market account because they want you to ride out in safety, go to the harbor, forget riding it out in the big waves, well, they don't get a chance to make a living. And by the way, their bosses are not happy with them. There's a lot of bad discussions about why don't you make us more money, says the, the, um, the broker's supervisor the manager, people you're never going to meet. You're not working as hard. Why, why don't you have more money in the market? You have too much at safety. They get in trouble for that stuff. So even if it's a nice person, and most of them are pretty nice people, actually, they can't afford to have your money safe. It's very simple. For us, we are paid because they are going to make more money than they give you. The, the insurance companies we work with, all of them for that matter. They're going to pay us because they're going to make more money than they give you. It's always the case. When the market is down, they've created an account, right? They're going to make more money than they pay us. We take that as payment in full. The commission we are paid, just like if you bought soap, you bought dishwasher liquid, you bought a car, you bought a pen, you bought a computer, it doesn't matter. Whatever you buy, it's always going to be sold for more than it costs them to make it. So think of this. When you walk into a bank, are you going, hi, bank manager, here's a dollar. Hi, security guard, here's two dollars. Hi, teller, here's a dollar. Why, why aren't you doing that? Wait a second. How are they even here? You didn't pay a fee on your savings account. You didn't earn very much interest, but you didn't pay a fee. And how do they pay their electric bill? And we know these people are going to be here tomorrow because they were here yesterday. So we know they're paid somehow. So you ask yourself, how are they paid? It's very simple. Really. When you walk in, you give them $10,000 for a CD. Okay, great. Thank you for the CD. They're going to pay you 2% interest. I don't know. Pick a number. They're going to make 3, 4, 5, 10. This person has a credit card. This person has a new car loan. This person has, bought a, has just purchased a home. They're going to make more money than they give you. They're going to lend it out and create what's called a spread or a profit. And that's considered payment in full for us. We're not going to charge you an additional fee. We don't do that. Maybe some brokers do, or they find another way to charge you. A, we don't do that. If we can help you, great. We're going to be paid. If not, then that's okay too. There's, there's uh, second opinions that we do on a regular basis. And many times, I don't know, maybe one out of five, maybe something like that. I haven't really tracked it. Probably one out of five, one out of six. People come in and I say, listen, I, don't, I wouldn't change a thing. I like where you are. They, oh, yeah, but what about this account? I go, it's fine. I like it. I wouldn't make a move. This is how I would use it. Right? Remember, the purpose determines the place. So make sure that this place, you're using the money in this fashion, you know, whatever, an income stream or take it out in a lump sum a big chunk of money, use it for long-term care, whatever the job is, whatever the purpose, whatever the strengths of that account, well, that's how you use it. So sometimes they're very appreciative of that guidance. Thank you so much. That really makes a difference. Other time they say, well, 
I still want to make some changes. I go, great, well, we will move this account, but we're not going to touch those. And I think that's important that you realize you can have that second opinion just like she did when she brought in her parents. Right? Her dad was pretty resistant. When I went through and asked some questions and we kind of wrote out a little bit of a plan or a strategy and said, okay, what about this and this? He said, nobody's ever worked with me like this. I mean, can you imagine a man who's worked his entire life in an aerospace? I can tell you some of the projects he worked on were some of the top secret stuff that we have today. Right? Whatever he did, he didn't share everything, of course. But men like him made this country safer, created the ability for the United States to be the kind of country it is. Small part, of course. And yet nobody had the time of day to be clear and concise with his accounts. Right? It's not his level of expertise. He doesn't know it. And when she said something pretty clear in this, in this email, I want you guys to know this. The result of that fixed annuity gives us about $700 a month just in the interest. That means we did not even touch the principal. That's pretty cool. Because that means that money is still there. It's earning a greater interest. And in a couple of years, if inflation picks up or they need it for long-term care, we can flip a switch and start another account for them, or another income stream, rather, from the other account. So you see, those kind of things, that's what makes us the company we are. That's what really makes me excited about what we do. That's what creates the difference. Because is the recession coming? Yes, it is. How bad? Nobody knows. Right? If, if we knew that, we would all be running around saying, oh, look how smart we are. Look how rich we are. We know it's coming. How bad? We don't know. How long? We don't know. So how do you prepare? In summary, I want you to pay off bad debt. I want you to build a savings account. Six months minimum, I would love a year in the savings account of your expenses. Because the layoffs are coming. Amazon just did announce 10,000 people just before the holiday season. I want you to know that is not normal. Now, would they lay off people after a holiday season pretty traditionally? Yeah, they would. But before the Christmas, Hanukkah, Thanksgiving, before? They must know something or see something that we don't know. I don't know what it is. You're starting to see airline pilots strike. You're going to see some issues with some of the flight attendants, you're going to see issues and concerns with unions across the country, Teamsters, railroad workers are already having an issue. If you can say that five times fast, railroad workers. <laughs> right? They're, they're striking. They have labor disputes. I think it's, this is the time in the cycle when turmoil happens. And the word of the day, it's uncertainty. The word of the day, insecure. But not for our clients, not for people that we sit around and say, well, listen, we've got a strategy for you. We, keep, we get a, a laddering or strategy of income. Now, there's a great movie. It's called The Baby Boomer Dilemma. The Baby Boomer Dilemma. I love it because it, it's designed to give you an explanation on pensions and 401ks, historically what they think is happening now and in the future. If you want to attend that movie, we do a showing every once in a while. Give us a call at 888 997 3847. That's 
888-346-3847. You can attend. It's for free. The Baby Boomer Dilemma. You get a chance to come in. Usually we provide popcorn and something to drink. It's called the Baby Boomer Dilemma. We run it at the theater. Uh, I like it. We rent out the whole theater. You get a chance to learn a little bit about what's happening with the retirement system, especially for those of you that are expecting or receiving a pension. I think you have to understand what a pension really is and what it isn't. Your pension is owned by the employer. It's an asset of the employer. You're entitled to the next paycheck, but not the one after that. Right? You understand that? The pension belongs to the employer. Ask United Airlines, TWA. Remember them? Ask the employees that were making $2,000 on a pension, and when it went into default, they get $300 a month. Or certain other entities and cities, including those in Northern California. Cities that had to change their pension system. Sorry, you were getting this much. You're going to get less now. So I think you have to ask yourself, does this movie apply to you? Maybe so. We're running it on Saturday, sometimes, and on Sunday mornings. Uh, a lot of our Jewish clients and, and friends said, you know, we'd like to have it, but on Sunday. So we'll do that for you as well. Give us a call. Put your name down on the list. Called the Baby Boomer Dilemma. 888 retire Want to send us an email? It's Arif, A-R-I-F, at TFSWealth.com. Thanks for listening and being part of the show. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Bless you. I'll retire comfortably Thanks to Arab Halaby Now every dollar's got a job to do Arab makes your money work for you Learn about financial power The total financial hour Learn about financial power The total financial hour Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.